Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds, 225-2121, or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Michael Jimenez, halftime. Yes, sir. It's halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. We're on the go at SASportsStar.com. My name's Michael Jimenez, your host from 12 to 2. And we're coming at you live from the Valero, Texas Open. Wait, wait, no, no, we're not. No, we're not. I'm in studio today with my buddy, James Pledger. What's going on, Pledge? Oh, we're going full diva this early in the oh, show. Oh, yeah, it. I am divaing okay. out today, baby, because... I was told that halftime today and tomorrow would have been at the Valero Texas Open. Got a text message this morning saying, nope, you're in studio today. So the fellows were there this morning. This afternoon, we'll have Minix and uh, Joe Ronagle for the for the Blitz at 4 o'clock from the Valero Texas Open, which, by the way, has already teed off. And I'm teed off a little bit, too. I thought I was going to be out there. But instead, I'm here in studio with pleasure enjoying some chicken nuggies. We had some chicken nuggets from McDonald's. You so disappointed about being here with me. Well, dude, I mean, come on. I packed up gear for it all. You know, I was taking some stuff. I I had a, a parking pass, and then to be told that I can't go, I am the diva, because I am, you know, where are my green M&Ms, damn it? But, uh, no, it's okay, man. I don't mind. I'm back in the studio. Got to sleep a little bit longer today. Because I got to play in the studio today with pleasure. We do sports. We do pop culture. We do nostalgia. Speaking of pop culture, we're giving away tickets to see Daughtry in concert today. Best caller gets in. You'll have to call into the Kielbasa Bacon phone lines at 656-ESPN. Again, 656-ESPN. Give us a sports take. Give us a pop culture take. We're all about it. You know, Valero Texas Open has already teed off. Over at TPC here so in San Antonio. Yes. And I'm taking a look at the uh, scores right now, man. There's some big numbers being posted today. Russell Knox is the current leader through 15. He is seven under. And then there's a guy oh, who's wow. in second place. I I will say that his first name is Rasmus, but his uh, last name is a lot of consonants. Okay? He's not from around here. Uh, Rasmus Hojegaard, I guess you could say, is six under. And then we have two people tied for third right now, Matt Jones and Luke List at five under. Who? Luke List. But the big names... It was, it was, a, it was a Matt Jones no. joke. Oh, not. <laughs> you, know, you know, Houston rapper, Mike Jones, who? Mike Jones, who? <laughs> you got me on that one. But that is some <laughs> pop culture that I am not aware of. Rory McIlroy is one of the big names. He is right now tied for 47th, one over through 13. Some of the big names, though, have not teed off as of yet. Jordan Spieth gets going at 109, and Tony Finau at 120. It's going to be a fantastic time over at TPC. 
I'll probably be out there some point this weekend having a great time out there. I love it, man. Going to tennis tournaments, I mean tennis tournaments, golf tournaments are fantastic. Yes, I said tennis. I've been to those too. Either way, tennis and golf, both country club sports, if you will. But again, that is going on over at TPC here in San Antonio. We're live right now on YouTube, not on Facebook. So search San Antonio Sports Star, like and subscribe. We're also live on sasportstar.com as well. Again, the Kielbasa Bacon phone lines are open at 656 ESPN. You know, I think I have a doctor's appointment today. And uh, I'm full of McDonald's and Diet Coke. So good. Good lunch choice. I know. I called you, and, and we're over here eating 20 chicken McNuggets together. I was kind of surprised by how many sauces they gave us. Usually, you order 20 nuggets, you get like one or two sauces. We have like 12. So whoever is in the drive-thru over there might get fired. They're spending a lot of money on sauces on us today. But uh, this is going to be a good show, a fun time over here. Man, the Spurs lost a heartbreaker last night to the Memphis Grizzlies. Gotta be honest with you, I kind of think Keldon Johnson might have gotten might have gotten hacked on that last play. Went down to the final minute, down to the final play. Spurs lost one twelve to one eleven. This is how it sounded as it ended. Five point two seconds to go. Pass to Johnson, lay it up. It's off the rim, no good. And the rebound grabbed by the Grizzlies, and that will do it. Keldon Johnson had the shot at the rim, and it rimmed out. That is Bill Schoenig on WOAI with the call. It rimmed out. Why did it rim out? Because Keldon got hacked. Keldon got hacked on the shoulder. You're getting Desmond me Bain hacked. got him. You're getting me hacked right now. Come on. The, he gets a lucky play to win the Warriors game. You get Lonnie Johnson hitting a, a lucky shot as he's not a great three-point shooter. Lonnie Johnson. Lonnie Walker. <laughs> sorry. Hitting a lucky shot against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah. And then a few days after that, you get a night. Like, they're, they're three and one in end of game luck situations. This one was the easiest of them all, though, because the final play, let, let's go back in time here. The Spurs were I'm not, not sure. playing well throughout most of the game, fell behind by about 16 points in the third quarter, wasn't looking good. The Grizzlies coming out there, second best record in the West. Without John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr. did in fact play, came back from injury, and they are they were coming into this game 18-2 and two this season without John Morant. So there was still a good team that was being out, that was being fielded out there. They are a very disciplined team. And they went out, got a double-digit lead against the Spurs, but the Spurs turned it up in the fourth quarter. And the thing is with that final play, though, Keldon Johnson was streaking towards the basket. It was an inbounds play. Devin Vassell is basically 5 to 10 feet inside the midcourt line. Tosses it to Keldon Johnson, who's streaking from basically curling around the top of the key towards the basket. Catches the ball in stride, about 3 feet away from the rim, puts it up, and Desmond Bain got him on the shoulder, on the right shoulder. So you're saying he's lucky he wasn't called for charging. No. He's streaking towards the basket, full speed. It was inside the uh, zone. It was inside the, the circle <laughs> underneath the basket. So, no, that would have been a block all day, every day, especially considering the fact that Desmond Bain got him on the got him shoulder to shoulder. He wasn't in a legal guarding position to begin with. So I'm taking, What happened to let him play it out at the end of the game, no, like you said a few weeks ago? I understand. You can't call that, you said. I understand you want to let them play, right? But at some point, there is a certain amount of contact that is allowable, 
and another amount of contact that is just an outright foul. It's an outright foul, dude. That was too much contact. It's one thing if he had, if they had bodied up a little bit, but going shoulder to shoulder, I kept on looking at that going, how was that not called? How was, and that's not me being a homer. For those of you who don't know, You're right? It's you being a hypocrite. For those of you who don't know, I'm a high school <laughs> basketball official. I've been doing it for about 12 years, right? And oftentimes, I'll admit it, we swallow our whistle. We swallow our whistle because we want the players to decide the game. We don't want the official to decide the game or free throws to decide it. But what do you guys think? Kielbasa Bacon phone lines are open at 656-ESPN, 656-ESPN. Do you believe that Keldon Johnson was fouled on that last play, and are you pissed off about it? Man, that was a lot of contact, man. They went basically shoulder to shoulder. That wasn't even close to being legal guarding position, and that is what's needed to have a play kind of just like let it slide a little bit. He wasn't legally guarding him. He wasn't even guarding him. He was coming to help out. Just to prove your hypocrisy, yeah. um, another San Antonio Sports Star employee, uh, Jack Thompson, uh, my yeah. co-host on the Saturday Morning Hangover, Yeah. now the ref wants to make a call. Sometimes... Dude, not all fouls are created the same, man. You know, there are different degrees of a foul. It goes everywhere from a ticky-tack foul all the way to a flagrant foul. Right? They're all fouls, but they all have different degrees of fouldom, if you will. That is not a word, but I am now coining that phrase. I'm going to call it fouldom. That particular play right there was a little bit... That was He got hacked, man. He got hacked pretty hard. And that affected the actual shot. That's how you sometimes determine whether or not you let it go or not. Did it affect the shot? And it did affect the shot. Chris is reaching out to us on YouTube asking the question, did anyone check the last two-minute report? Well, now, here's the thing. Kelvin Johnson's on the ground. No missed calls. He is on, he is on the floor, just kind of dejected. Gets up, starts walking towards the tunnel, and before he gets to the tunnel, before he even gets off the actual floor, he starts taking off his jersey. That is code right there for being very, very, very upset. That's a depressed state right there when you take your jersey off. He was upset, tremendously upset at this whole thing. But after the game, do you know who wasn't upset? Greg Popovich. He seemed to be very proud of this team coming back from double digits. Yeah, I was really proud of them. They, uh, you know, just have to understand... You know, the the mental part of the game, the physicality and uh, both the execution and making mistakes and then the physical nature of the competitiveness that's required. Uh, and so the difference in the first and second halves were, the differences were pretty obvious. So uh, we played with grunt, uh, take no prisoners sort of attitude. Uh, great stuff in the second half. Uh, took care of the ball better, executed better. Uh, DJ set a hell of a screen to get JR the three at the end, uh, executed the last play very well. It didn't go in, and like I told him, if that's the worst thing that ever happens in your life, you're going to live a pretty easy life. Uh, so get over it and come and play Friday. Screw that. Uh, but I'm proud of him. It was great. Good stuff. Great growing experience for them against a hell of a team. Like I said before, Taylor's done a fantastic job and his staff. Uh, that team competes hard. They execute really well, uh, maybe better than most anybody in the league. So uh, that's a fine performance for us tonight. 
A fine performance. A growing performance. Ah, moral victory is what that sounds like right there. Very upset about that. DeJounte Murray, 33 points, 13 rebounds. Again, matching his career high. Back-to-back games that way. Keldon Johnson, 23 points on 9 of 21 shooting. Can you believe that Keldon Johnson now averages 16.6 points a game? He took a mini leap this season. He's doing very, very well. Oh, mini leap. We're, we're quantifying the leap. We're quantifying. No, 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 no. Because the biggest leap was DeJounte Murray. That went from being a good player to an all-star. Keldon Johnson has shown that he can play 82 games because he had hit the wall in the past. So now we know that he has the stamina. He has the endurance to last an 82-game season, now averaging 16.6 points a game. It was 14 points maybe a couple of months ago. And that's coming off an Olympic run, too, don't forget. Yeah, I know. A lot of miles on the odometer this year. But, man, the Spurs, uh, they fell to 31-45, and 45, now 11th in the West behind the L.A. Lakers for the 10th spot. So you're saying there's a chance that they missed the playing tournament. No, oh dude. Oh, my God. Are you back on Team Tank? No, I no. I thought we were getting through your stages of grief yesterday. We eulogized Team Tank. There's no way in the world the Spurs are going to miss the playing tournament. You see what I did right there? No way in the world. Every time I say there's no way in the world, I tend to jinx it. I, I jinx St. Peter's against uh, Purdue. Or I, I jinx Purdue, rather, <laughs> against Purdue. I said, there's no way in the world that St. Peter's is going to beat Purdue. And they did and made their way to the Elite Eight. Every time I say that, now I'm jinxing the jinx because I'm calling it out. It's like those basketball uh, Is this a reverse psychology thing where the jinx knows that you're trying to jinx the jinx, so the jinx is going to go ahead and let, let them in? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but the Spurs are, uh, fortunately for the Spurs, they've got two straight home games against the same G League team, also known as the Portland Trailblazers. Blazers have lost five in a row, and 14 of the last 16 games... The Spurs are going to pick up both of those games. I would be very, very surprised if the Spurs lost either of those two games. Dare I say there's no chance that the Spurs lose either of those games to the Portland Trailblazers. And because of that, I think they'll jump back into that 10th spot. Lakers have a harder schedule the rest of the way. We don't know if LeBron James is going to be healthy enough to play those games or even want to play those games. Though he does need to play three more in order to qualify for the scoring title this year. But uh, Spurs, again, back-to-back games. I believe it's Saturday and Monday against the Portland Trailblazers. Kielbasa Bacon phone lines are open at 656-ESPN if you want to talk about the Spurs or any of the topics that we're going through. We'll also, later on in the show, by the way, going to have a little bit of a tribute to Selena. I cannot believe it's been 27 years. And also, we're going to hear a little bit about Chris Rock, his first performance since the Oscars, that's going to be at 12.45. So, uh, you know, I never believed Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson was accused by 22 massage therapists of inappropriate behavior. And it's if you read the accusations, it's pretty disgusting, right? And it's it's just as disgusting as a $230 million fully guaranteed contract that he got from the Cleveland Browns, okay? But Pledger knows... I just got a question. Yeah. Because I, I just want clarity. Yeah. You never believed is not the same as you never wanted, right? Those are two different things? Well, I never believed that Deshaun Watson was going to was, was innocent in any of this, okay? 
But those are two separate we'll get into that. qualifiers, right? We'll, we'll get into that. The thing about it is this, is that we now have sound of Deshaun Watson given a deposition. Now, here's the thing. Accused by 22 different women, two different counties in Texas, no charges are going to be filed. So there will not be any criminal charges against him. He'll never spend one day in jail. He'll never have his day in court because they said he doesn't even need his day in court. But that doesn't mean that he's actually innocent in like morality sense. What? Right? So the funny thing about it is, is that I've always said, I just want to hear him talk. I want to hear him take the stand, but he never did take the stand, but he did give an interview during a deposition. Here's what he had to say, and tell me if you believe him after this sound. That's why I saw it on Instagram. So you think you saw a story that involved her? Definitely possible. Definitely possible. Did you find her attractive? That wasn't my intention, sir. I didn't ask you what your intentions were. I can't answer that. I have a girlfriend, so that wasn't my intention, sir. Okay, so you can't you can't answer that because you have a girlfriend? Because that's not what I was looking for. What did you want from her? Just a massage. Was she a massage therapist? Yes, sir. Licensed? I'm not sure, sir. Trained? I'm not sure, sir. Schooled? I'm not sure, sir. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. That is also courtesy of Fox 8 out of Cleveland. couple of things about this. I heard other parts of the deposition where they're like, so you didn't know that she wasn't licensed. You didn't know this. You didn't know that. You were driving 30 miles one way. Did you find her attractive? I have a girlfriend. I, re I really wasn't thinking that way. Come on, man. Come on. You know what? He might be not guilty in the eyes of, of, of the court system. But in the court of public opinion, I find him guilty. I find him guilty. And you know what he's guilty of? Setting a bad precedent in the NFL when it comes to contracts. Oh, my God. Steve Biscotti, that's the owner of the Ravens, right? He's very pissed off right now. He is talking about the fact that he says that this is not the guy that should be having the first fully guaranteed contract for $230 million. That's what the Cleveland Browns gave him. I'm telling you, this whole fiasco ultimately was the best thing in the world for Deshaun Watson because he got to get out of Houston. He got to get a huge contract. He's not going to serve to which any time. he never played under his initial extension Deal. that he signed. <laughs> exactly. And he is the biggest winner of it all. He truly is. And what did the, the Texans get for him again? The Texans got a lot. Okay, so they got a one and a four this year. A uh, one, a three, and a four this year. A one. Overall, it's three and ones. A four. Yeah, it's three ones, two, uh, three, two fours, and a six, I think. Okay, either way, a huge haul. It, and, and if they do something well with this, it could be Herschel Walker-esque of what the Cowboys got for Herschel Walker back in the day because it was that big of a trade. I don't think people understand how big of a haul the Houston Texans got for Deshaun Watson. It's almost as big as what the Chiefs got for Tyreek Hill. <laughs> and the Cowboys got a fifth <laughs> rounder for Amari. Oh my God. I was talking to a friend of mine about that huge Chiefs fan. And uh, you know, he's like, you know, he's been a Chiefs fan his entire life, so it's not just because of Patrick Mahomes and whatnot. 
That is his team growing up. He's from that area. But he was telling me that uh, he was like, man, what do you think about that Tyreek Hill trade? And I was like, dude, I mean, the Chiefs got a lot. They got a lot for him for a receiver. And then that receiver going off and signing a a massive contract to be the highest paid receiver in NFL history. I was like, dude, you guys made out like bandits. And he goes, I know, right? And then I made the joke about how the Cowboys just got a fifth rounder for Amari Cooper. And, you know, Amari Cooper, I mean, Tyreek Hill is better than Amari, but not that much better than Amari. If Amari is healthy, he's 85, 90% of what Tyreek Hill is. And the Cowboys got a fifth rounder, whereas the Chiefs got, like, what, a first, a... First, second... A fourth and a fifth. Fourth, fifth, and a fifth and sixth next year, I think. Yeah, they swapped a pick. So it was it was Hill and a pick for, like, six picks. So they, they, they netted five. Unreal, man. Unreal. I cannot believe... <laughs> this has been such a crazy offseason. There was a fifth in there somewhere, though. There, this has been <laughs> such a crazy offseason. Dude, I'm so... You know, right now, my uh, the NFL drafts in four weeks, right? It's the 27th, I believe, through the 30th in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's my time to shine. Well, you know, my, my uh, family, I have two nephews who just recently turned 21, and they were asking, hey, I wanna go, they want to go to Vegas. So my family's all getting together like, Michael, go with us. You know, go to Vegas with us. And I'm looking at it, and it's the exact same days of the draft. Yes, go. Go, Michael. I can't. Why? Because I've been labeled a diva here. It's your family, at San Michael. Antonio Sports Star. But this is your family, <laughs> dude. Rob, do this for me. Rob would wring my neck. Do dude. this for me. He would wring I, my you neck. You can use my days off. <laughs> yeah, I, I made a I, I made a snap decision on going on vacation. My wife and I have chosen San Diego because there's Sesame Place, the new SeaWorld themed park out there. And uh, we've gone to the one in Pennsylvania. I have a special needs son. He has Down syndrome. He loves Sesame Street. It's a brand new park. It opened up last week. And I just reached out to Rob. And I was like, hey, Rob, I need these two days off, man. I need Friday and Monday so I can go take my family to San Diego. And, man, I got labeled a diva real fast because that is the Friday of all the parades. You know, the Battle of Flowers and all that stuff. They're going, I don't know, man. I don't do fiesta. How am I supposed to know this? Look, Mike, I've got like 275 hours of vacation I'm not going to use. You can use mine. <laughs> <laughs> do this. One of us should be there. And he's, I, I, what I get the impression of is that they don't like having taken the days off where it's Friday and Monday. So you get like, you know, the long weekend, four day, the long weekend. I think they would much rather have me do like like two full weeks, but my family and my wife and I can't do that. Like we can't go on the road for longer than four days without wanting to wring each other's necks. So I'm sorry, Rob, I'm going to let you know, I'm going to have like eight or nine of those four day weekends throughout the year. They'll be peppered throughout the year, but, uh, man, this is fun. Kielbasa bacon phone lines are open six, five, six ESPN. You want to talk to us about the Spurs? Want to talk to us about, you know, Selena. Not my wife, Selena, but Selena Quintanilla. It's the anniversary of her death. 1245, we're going to be talking about Selena. Can't believe it's been 27 years. She's got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, you know. She does, and at 1.30, what is the best movie ever done by Bruce Willis? Can you believe it? Bruce Willis has retired from acting, has some 
very severe health issues. We'll never see him in a role again. I have a poll out on Twitter at MikeESPNSA. I have narrowed it down to four. I've narrowed it down to the six. Because you haven't seen them all. True. Die Hard, (laughs) Armageddon. I mean, he has some Pulp Fiction, some very iconic roles, some very iconic movies. You can vote on your favorite one on Twitter at Mike ESPNSA. Pledger is at I am Pledger. I'm sorry, those are the four. In honor of the last Boy Scouts, another one that's good. In honor of Bruce Willis, you should watch one of the Bruce Willis movies you hadn't seen for the next. Yeah, I hadn't seen movie review. I haven't seen Die Hard two. Die Hard two, the Fifth Element. You told me you hadn't seen that. Have you ever seen Striking Distance? Never have, no. The whole nine yards? Nope. Um, I want to see a... Did you ever see The Jackal? No, but I, I think I saw The Last Boy Scout. That was with Damon Wayans, right? Yes. Okay, I think I've seen that one. But uh, we do sports pop culture nostalgia here at halftime. When we come back, a shocking story out of the NFL. A head coach has decided to retire, and he was you know, in charge of a team that was a Super Bowl contender. This is Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Giving you an excuse for a long lunch break. This is Halftime with Michael Jimenez on San Antonio Sports Star ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. Upload a photo of what's on your grill and enter a description and recipe at sasportstar.com and you can win a $50 gift card to Tri-County Meat Market. Winner chosen every Thursday at 6 on the Blitz. Welcome back to Halftime on the San Antonio Sports Star ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. My name's Michael Jimenez with James Pledger today doing sports, pop culture, and nostalgia. Also doing some surprising news. Cannot believe an NFL coach retired today. But before we get into that, the Kobasa Bacon phone lines are open at 656 ESPN. Best caller of the day gets tickets to see Daughtry in concert. Maybe you want to call us and give us your favorite Selena memory. Yes, it is 27 years since her passing. Maybe give us your favorite Selena memory. Maybe your favorite Bruce Willis movie. Bruce Willis has decided to retire from acting. But the uh, surprise news in the NFL today was Tampa Bay Bucks coach Bruce Arians deciding to retire. He's going to the front office. So he's not retiring from, you know, work itself. He's just going into the front office. And Todd Bowles, former New York Jets coach, is going to be the replacement. What was kind of interesting was Bruce Arians saying that what made his decision easier was knowing that Tom Brady was coming back and that Tom Brady who originally retired then 40 days later came back and said no I'm going to come back I'm going to unretire that was actually the sticking point there for Bruce Arians Bruce Arians is saying great because he wanted to hand the the job over to Todd Bowles as his replacement so there's two things that I've got going on with this pledge question number one that I have is why wouldn't he want to come back and coach Tom Brady? Is there a beef between the two? That's question number one that I have. And Pledge, the second question I have is, what happened to the Rooney Rule, baby? He says that he wanted to hand the reins over to Todd Bowles. He legitimately said that in an interview. So because he's saying that, and he's naming his successor, and he knew who his successor was the whole time, isn't there a Rooney Rule violation here? How? How? 
Todd Bowles is African American. You, the Rooney role is to who am I thinking of? That was a former Jets coach. Then, then that is me. Give me the the the, the chain. Give me the chain because that would make him number six. Yeah, Todd Bowles I'm is. I, black. Do you know who I'm thinking of? I am thinking of. Are um, you thinking of Adam Gase? Crazy eyes. I, I was thinking of Adam Gase. <laughs> I was thinking of Adam Gase. I don't Gase. know why. I need the chain put around my neck and then strung so very tight. <laughs> Because I'm, I'm, you know who I was, I was thinking, I don't even think I was thinking of Adam Gase. I'm, who am I thinking of as Jets coach? Let me look this up real fast. But which Jets coach are you thinking they've, of? They've had so many. They've had so many. Wow. This is probably the most flagrant foul that I've had on air. And I need to be admonished was, for it. I was looking at you like, what I do you mean Rooney rule? I need to be admonished for this. Because I had my, I had my name, I had my, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, that is the biggest brain fart that I've had. Fantastic. You know what, Colin Kielbasa making phone lines? Tell me how stupid I am. 656 ESPN. But here's the thing. Let's go back to, to Bruce Arians saying that it makes it easier for him to go and that that was the decision. Are you telling me that Bruce Arians was not going to coach this team? This is a team... That was going to be competing for the, the Super Bowl this year. They still are going to be competing for the Super Bowl this year. The NFC is weak this year. So I find it very interesting that he's wanting to go away from this team. And as I'm looking, James Pledger has left the studio. He is coming my way. He has brought the golden chain. The chain of shame. He's going to put it over my neck for me saying something completely stupid. And I've said many stupid things on this air. But not knowing that Todd Bowles was not African American because I had Adam Gase or somebody in my head at the same time. My bad. My bad. Hey, Pledge, as Pledge comes on in. Todd Bowles. Okay. What we know of him is from his time with the Jets, right? Had a losing record with the Jets. But then again, who doesn't have a losing record with the Jets? Are you surprised that they're bringing in somebody? who doesn't have a winning record at the very least. No. Todd Bowles is in a much better place right now than he ever was with the Jets. I mean, with the Jets, he was taking over a bad organization that's run poorly, that doesn't draft well, and he was in no place to be able to succeed there. Here, he's taken over a Super Bowl-ready team, and he's already got his offensive coordinator in place with Brian Leftwich, so things are going to stay as such. You've got a Super Bowl quarterback in Tom Brady. You're bringing back a big chunk of this team. He's in the best possible situation for anyone walking into a head coaching opening. So right now, take a look at the NFC right now. It's it's, It's fascinating seeing the dynamics of both conferences right now because... I think that right now there may be only four teams in the NFC that can actually win the NFC Championship game. Were you thinking Eric Mangini? That's who exactly who I was. I'm, right now <laughs> on my screen, I looked up a list. I have a list of all the different co- uh, coaches. From the, from, from, uh, I'm looking at Bill Parcells, Al Grohl, Herm Edwards, Mangini, Ryan, Todd Bowles, Adam Gates. That's exactly who I thought it was. I thought it was Mangini. Eric Mangini. <laughs> How old am I? He wasn't their coach until 2000. He, he was our coach back in 2008. I yeah. was 31 years old back then. <laughs> My goodness, man. My goodness. Complete. Did you even have kids? 
at that point yes i I had a five-year-old at that point complete brain fart man and it's so funny because you know we do what we do we research we study we do this that the other but sometimes we don't go back and just double check and double verify and that was my biggest blunder i will wear the chain proudly for the rest of the day bolero texas open is going on over at tpc right now jordan spieth is going to tee off at 109 tony finale at 120, so some of the big names out there have yet to tee off right he now. Knows. Yeah, so just, whatever. He's a good guy. He's a good. He's a good golfer. I have bet on him in the past. Yes. Right now we have a two-way lead. Right now, Russell Knox and Rasmus Hejegaard, both seven under, but Russell Knox is almost done. He's through 17. Rasmus Hejegaard has only been through 10, so he's seven That's under. What is that name? I'm gonna say Hejegaard. Okay, That's what I'm sticking with here. It is a lot of consonants here. It is H with a zero that has a line through it, like a zero. J G A A R D. That's Hajgar to me. <laughs> I have no idea. Luke Liss and Matt Kuchar. That's a big name right there. Five under, right? Both are five under. Matt Jones, also five under. At four under, we have Scott Stallings, Austin Smotherman, and Matthias Schwab. Looking for some other big names out there. Uh, again, it's going to TPC all the way through Sunday. R&R in the morning was there live this morning. They'll be there again tomorrow morning. The Blitz from 4 to 7 will be there again today and also tomorrow. Tomorrow halftime will be wherever I'm told. It's either going to be here or it's going to be there. So It's going to be there. It's going to be there. All right. Very cool. And by there, I mean right where you're sitting right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I am so exhausted right now. I'm going to blame my brain fart on being exhausted because I oh. was doing continuing education for my insurance licenses all night long. My my licenses ex- were set to expire today and I had to get finished. And we were joking earlier today. You're like, man, Michael, every two years you got to do this. And I was like, yeah, man, every two years I have to renew my license. <laughs> and you made a joke about driver's licenses. And uh-huh. you said something to the effect of, "Can you? I mean, should we do our driver's license test every two years just to prove that we can drive? And you were like, nah, man, it's okay. We proved it when we were 16. We can go the rest of our lives without having to prove it again. And I was like, damn straight, man. That's exactly it. That's so dumb. One of the most dangerous things you do on a daily basis <laughs> that kills the most people, car accidents, in the world. Yeah. We are entrusted with this by passing one test when we are 16 years old and never to be tested again. Never. Never. <laughs> you know, one in three cars out there that's driving right now does not have auto insurance. Wouldn't that stop that? Like, you, like, you'd have to prove that you have insurance and that you can prove that you know how to drive. Dude, my car was sideswiped the other day. I have so much damage to my daughter's car. <laughs> Dude, we need to get it fixed before she comes back home from LSU. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid how to tell her. How long do you have? Uh, she comes back home, like, in uh, mid-May. Okay. And uh, so I called... So Cal- you got a little over a month. I called Caliber Collision, because that's who my insurance company wanted me to go to. They're not going to take me until mid-April. Oh, you're going to cut it close. Yeah, I'm going to cut it close because, man, so it was parked at an HEB parking lot, returned to find the car completely damaged from the back to the the front. We're talking from, like, where the gas tank is all the way to the front of the car, completely smashed in. Who crashes into a car at HEB and then just takes off? (laughs) Think about it. This is how great 
driver's licenses are. You only got to be good on one day. Yeah. One day. You can fail it, come back the next day and take it again. Fail it. You can fail it 364 times in a row, but you pass it that one time. Yeah. You're good for the rest of your life, baby. I heard somebody a while back say that uh, you should get remarried every seven years. <laughs> that a marriage contract should just be for seven years. And if you want to... If you want to just off-ramp it at, at, at year 7, 14, 21, 28, it's almost like a, an NFL or an NBA contract. You know, you have, you could, you have to get an extension. That makes sense contract to me in a extension. weird way. Yeah. You know, so it's, you know, I have a player option for year eight. You know? <laughs> Would you like to renegotiate this at any point? Dude, that's all <laughs> marriage is, man. Negotiation. I love the fact that Rob Thompson says that when you get married, single men, are given a manual, and the manual tells you how life is going to be. Dude, I tell you You're what. You're not given. You get to look at You get to look at it, yes. It, it, it comes down like the 11th commandment. You don't get to keep it because they're afraid they're going to share the secrets, apparently. And some of the secrets are good. Some of them are awkward. and Some of them are bad. But I cannot believe you came up to me yesterday, and, and because I'm going to have a dating specialist on halftime on oh, Tuesday. Oh, you totally did this. That, that I'm doing on it purpose. for you. Dude, if, if it was for you, I'd do it on Thursday, because you and I do the shows together on Thursday. And I will call Mariana and maybe say, hey, let's do this on Thursday. We have a test subject here. What is his problem? What is he doing wrong? What is his problem? It's not so much a problem. I just want you to be happy, Pledge. I, I don't want, Dude, you have 240 hours of unused vacation time. 270. Okay, if you had a significant other, they'd all be used, man. You'd be on some cruise, going to Cancun. You'd be going to Cozumel. You'd be enjoying life. But instead, you're hanging out with me all the time. Come on, Pledge. I'm here for you. I'm happy, dude. But again, sports, pop culture, <laughs> nostalgia. We'll be doing some love on Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesdays with all of a sudden, halftime's turning into love line. <laughs> Hey, man, speaking of lines, we have the Kobasa Bacon phone line open at 656 ESPN. Play with me and pleasure. Best call of the day gets to go see Daughtry in concert. Ronald on YouTube says, it's the women, man. They crazy. I won't go there. Sometimes, uh -huh. my, sometimes my wife listens uh -huh. to this show. But uh, we come back. We're going to be talking about the late, great Selena Quintanilla. It's been 27 years. And also, you're going to hear part of the comedy routine that Chris Rock did last night in Boston, his first performance since the Oscars. This is halftime on San Antonio Sports Star ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. This is Jason Minnick. Get home with me and Joe Reinagle this afternoon, 4 till 7. San Antonio Sports Star ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. Twenty-seven years. Cannot believe it. It's been twenty-seven years since Selena Quintanilla was gunned down in Corpus Christi, Texas. Twenty-seven years since the Queen of Tejana music was killed. You know, I remember the day when she died. And by the way, Kilbasa Bacon phone lines are open if you want to talk about Selena, your favorite Selena memories. Six five six ESPN. The day that she died, I was a senior at Holmes High School. And I remember coming back from lunch and walking the halls and seeing my friend Mike's sister on the ground crying. 
and then turning the corner because Holmes High School has a bunch of round buildings and turning the corner again and seeing another group of girls just sobbing. And I had no idea what had happened. And they told me that Selena had died. Now, I knew Selena in a way because in, in the sense that I worked a concert one time that she was at. It was a festival. And I kind of helped out family one time doing that. Uh, but there was um, it was a very, very tragic thing. Now, she was the queen of Tejano music. And four months after she passed, her posthumous crossover album was released, Dreaming of You. She became the first Hispanic artist, first Latin artist, to ever debut at number one on the Billboard 200. And her death, in many ways, launched the career of Jennifer Lopez, because the movie that was made about her, you know, launched her career. And Jennifer Lopez continued to have, and continues to have to this day, a very, very big career, both in Hollywood and in music as well. You know, uh, I got to meet Edward James Olmos when we were at Super Bowl Radio Row. And, you know, he plays the father in uh, the movie Selena. A very, very nice man. I really enjoyed my conversations with him, both on the radio and off the radio. But, you know, I take a look at Selena's music and her legacy. I wonder what she would have accomplished when, you know, if she had lived. You know, would she have been that crossover sensation that Jennifer Lopez eventually became? Would Ricky Martin have been as big as he was? Would they have toured together? What would have happened there? Because Ricky Martin, a few years later, ended up being this huge sensation uh, with, when Live in La Vida Loca came out. But I will say this. Yolanda Saldivar, who killed Selena, is probably to this day still the most hated person in San Antonio. Runner-up is still Kawhi Leonard. That's basically one and two pledge. Is there anybody else who would be on that list? I'm sure there are probably a hundred more despicable people that we just don't know about in San Antonio outside of Kawhi Leonard. Well, I'm saying if there was a poll right now, who's no, the most I, hated person in lying. San Antonio? It would be Alana Saldivar, right? And Kawhi Leonard is also one of the most hated people in, in San Antonio as well. It's just, it's just fact. I'm not trying to bring a sports angle to it. No, but I'm I just, get it. I'm just thinking about and it. And you're right, but it's I'm just sure. weird. It's just weird, right? Like Kawhi is, while the hate is justified, I think he's a little overly hated. You know, Kawhi broke our heart. Yolanda Saldivar broke our spirit. That's basically what it was. She'll forever be Selena Quintanilla. Will forever be 23 years old. You know, she will forever be that. She was a fashion icon, a music icon. We'll never get to know the, the highs of the highs that she would ever have had. So many Latin Grammy Awards as well. Uh, she's just somebody that right down to this day, her music will never die. And I find that fascinating, that her music will forever live on, on all sides of San Antonio, all sides of South Texas, Corpus Christi. You go to the Valley. I mean, we are in the heart of Selena country. Again, she died 27 years ago today. Uh, just just so depressing. You know, um, Kielbasa Bacon phone lines are open at 656-ESPN. If you want to talk to us about Selena, if you want to talk to us about Chris Rock and Will Smith, we do sports pop culture nostalgia here. Chris Rock had his first performance last night since that whole fiasco at the Oscars. He performed over in Boston. Actually had two shows last night in Boston. And, uh, you know, he'd gone into hiding ever since he got slapped at the Oscars by Will Smith. And, of course, he had to address the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room being 
What Happened Oscars Night. How was your weekend? Yeah, he had a he had a whole routine that he wrote, right? He's they're saying he has to address it though. He has to say something. And it's absolutely ridiculous what went on during the Oscars. And TMZ is reporting <laughs> TMZ is reporting that officials from the Academy went up to Will Smith after the whole incident and said, We'd like for you to leave. And he was like, nah. So they didn't forcibly remove him. And Man, then security at the Oscar sucks. Yeah, well, well, the security <laughs> told TMZ they never told us to go get him. That they just sent an official to go to go tell him to leave. He refused to leave. Meantime, you have Bradley Cooper going over there. You have Denzel Washington and uh, Tyler Perry going over there and just asking Will Smith, "Are you okay?" Just checking on him. I'm like, you know what? Maybe you should go check on Chris Rock. He's the one who got assaulted. But that's another thing. <laughs> and then the other thing about it is, is that you go on. And it feels the like the tide's turning on Will Smith a little bit. You heard the crowd. Like one of my favorite pieces of that audio is that beep that you can hear at the end. Yeah. That's someone in the crowd saying bleep Will Smith. And there's going to be a backlash, a big backlash against him. And it, it, it's a and it's going to stay in a career that was an incredible career. Now, I'm not saying that he can't bounce back from it, but I think time will tell when it comes to that. Sometime he'll have to come back at some point and heal. Haven't the Williamses distanced themselves from him now? Not the father, you know. I thought the father was the, the, like, that's the, not what we're about. The father said that's not what we are about, but I understand. It was one of those responses. Uh, but going back into the whole incident there that night, the Oscars contemplated that if he was going to win the award, to not allow him to go on stage, or to tell the person who was doing the announcement of the winner, we're going to commercial now. But at the very last second, decided that they wouldn't do that because that would make a bad problem even worse. And I'm sorry. I think even worse was having him go on stage. I'm sorry. You know, it, it's what it, you mean him spewing the hypocrisy of being. Oh yeah, a vessel a, of love. <laughs> I'm a vessel of love and a vessel of hope. It's gonna take a while, man. Will Smith's gonna bounce back from this because you know what? We like to tear people down, but we also like to build them back up. Uh, I'm sure in the year 2025, 2026, he's going to release a movie that will probably be nominated for something. But, uh, man, we have another... he's going to do a biopic about this moment? No, but he'll do a... (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Will Smith starring Will Smith. Yeah. But but the greatest part of all this, whether you're for Will Smith, against him, for Chris Rock, or against him, the greatest thing about it is we've got memes to last a lifetime. Another hour of halftime to come here on San Antonio Sports Star. Again, Daughtry tickets up for grabs to the best caller, 656 ESPN. We're talking Spurs on the other side. What are we going to do about Josh Richardson? I have a poll right now on Twitter, at MikeESPNSA. Josh Richardson is kind of interesting. Do you want the Spurs to keep him for one more season, or should we flip him for a future first-round draft pick? Interesting conversation to have there. Also, we're talking about Bruce Willis. He is retiring from acting. Serious health issue. What is the most iconic role, the most iconic movie he has ever had? This is Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Michael Jimenez. Halftime. It's our number two of Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. We're on the go at com. My name's Michael Jimenez, hanging out with James Pledger. We are live on YouTube. Search San Antonio Sports Star, like, and subscribe. Also at Twitter, at MikeESPNSA. Pledger's at I am Pledger. If you go to at MikeESPNSA on Twitter, I have two polls out there. One of them involving the Spurs. What should the Spurs do with Josh Richardson? Keep him or flip him? And also, what is the most iconic movie involving Bruce Willis, who has retired from acting at the age of 67? I can't give that poll credit. (laughs) <laughs> we are doing. It doesn't have the actual best movie on there. So. We are doing sports, pop culture, and nostalgia <laughs> here from twelve to two. You know, earlier we were talking about uh, Deshaun Watson, the Houston Texans, the Cleveland Browns. That big trade that happened a couple of weeks ago, and I mentioned the fact that the Texans got a huge haul. They got three first round draft picks: twenty twenty two, twenty three, and twenty four. One third round pick in twenty three, and two fourth rounders, including one this year. A huge haul. But there are some fans out there who are not exactly happy about the whole situation. We have Stuart on line one. I think he thinks that uh, this team is still a train wreck. What's going on, Stuart? <laughs> not much. It's been a few years. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Doing great, man. Doing great. What, what you got? Well, uh, it's the first draft I've seen in a long time where I kind of just want them to go one side of the ball and just draft across the board. You know, build offensive line for the first two picks and pick a running back in the second round, and let's just try to score some points this year. Now I'm going to defer to pledge on this one. Can't complain either, but they're wide open because management has just completely set the dumpster on fire. Now that dumpster fire was, the gasoline on that dumpster fire was Bill O'Brien. A couple of years ago, okay? Remember the movie, mm-hmm. the movie, the movie Draft Day with Kevin Costner? When, yeah. when they trade away all their first rounders and they have nothing, and, and the coach, uh, played by Dennis Leary, is coming out saying, I don't want to coach a team that doesn't have a future. To me, right, right. this trade right here, they got their future back. They got a lot of first rounders, three first rounders, a fourth, two fourths, and one third. They got a lot of draft capital back, a lot of them in the first round. I was like, Kevin Costner, I want it back. I want it all. I want my future back. But are you at least a little bit excited about the Texans? And I'm going to have you talk to Pledge about this because Pledge is a huge Houston Texans fan. And if you ask me what do they need, they need everything. Everything. Yes, sir. (laughs) Look, I I think the Texans do need everything. And I don't – 
I don't necessarily want them to focus on one side of the ball or the other because right now they just need good players on the roster. So I want them to take the best players that they can get at each pick. Like, take the best player on the board. I don't care who you have slotted where. I don't care if there's a need somewhere. There's a need everywhere. Just take the best players because what you're lacking on this team is good football players, and the best way to do that is to select whatever you, the general manager, Nick Casario, your scouts, and your personnel department decipher are the best talents. That's what you have to go after. It would be nice to build up, but it's... It is what it is. You've got more picks coming over the next few years, and the best way is to have foundational pieces to build around. I completely agree. Yes, sir. <laughs> that is Stewart. Thank you for calling in to the Colbasa Bacon phone lines. Right now, he's the leader for tickets to see Daughtry. Can you beat his call? The Colbasa Bacon phone lines are open at 656-ESPN. We'll be talking about the Spurs in a second, but you know, as we were just talking about there, the Houston Texans, you know, if they can draft well, can bounce back pretty quickly. And Bill O'Brien, when he was head coach and running the show over there as GM as well for the Texans, he destroyed that team. That was the most spineless head coach I had ever seen in my entire life. One of the things I remember about the Houston Texans was one time they were about to beat the Patriots, and all they needed from Deshaun Watson was half a yard. Go for the victory. And instead, he punted the ball away. And they ended up losing because Brady, of course, was going to do the two-minute drill and lead them back. All they needed was half a yard. As bad as Bill O'Brien was as a head coach, he was even worse as a GM handling the team and handling their picks and handling the trades and whatnot. I am so glad that Bill O'Brien's gone. But the fact of the matter is, is that he left, I mean, he left that team not only decimated, but also with no history. So this trade that Deshaun Watson have, as as awful as I think it is that somebody like Deshaun Watson is going to get a fully guaranteed $230 million contract, as awful as I think that that is, I'm happy for the Houston Texans, and I'm happy for the six people who call themselves fans, because that team is going to eventually bounce back, and they have the picks to do it. It is Herschel Walker-like, those picks right there. Did you just like decide since you're not going to the Valero Texas Open that I'm you're bitter? I am bitter. I you're am just the diva. choosing violence. I am the diva but today. You're choosing violence against the person that didn't have anything to do with this. <laughs> and I am liking the gold chain that I have here because I had such a factual error in the last hour that I'm not going to get into now. But uh, I have the gold Why? chain of shame right now because Why didn't the Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> go by the Rooney Rule? <laughs> And then I ask you the question: Do they have to do? Do they have to interview a white coach too? Because then that that even the the, the thing. But uh, there's plenty of those. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, sports pop culture. Lots to get into today. You know, the Spurs they lost yesterday. Okay, we argued whether or not that was a foul on Keldon Johnson. It was. Okay, it you should argued. have been called. I, you know what? People agreed with me. People reached out on YouTube and agreed with me on that. But the thing is, is that. You know, I take a look at the players that Popovich and DeJounte Murray and Keldon Johnson all seem to praise. They all seem to praise Josh Richardson. And the Spurs got Josh Richardson in the trade for Derek White. So not only did the Spurs get a first-round draft pick from Boston, but they got Josh Richardson and Romeo Langford. Now, Langford's been hurt, hasn't been playing. 
But Josh Richardson can ball, man. That guy has some moves out there. And I remember when the trade first happened, Pledge and I looked at each other and we're like, do people realize that Josh Richardson is actually a good player? Last night, had another good performance for the team. You know, he played a lot. He played over 30 minutes last night, had nine points on three of six shooting, two of four from three, a big three-pointer down the stretch to get it close for the Spurs. Spurs ended up losing by uh, by one, 112 to 111, but after the game, Coach Pops sang his praises. Yeah, he still doesn't know what we're doing, you know, half the time. You know, he's he's just picking things up as we go. Uh, you know, he's a real pro. Uh, he's been a great leader for the group. They've really accepted him, and uh, he, he comes to play every night. He comes to play every night. Let's go past, let's go over the last six games of Josh Richardson for the Spurs. Again, he had nine points last night, but he had 15 the game before that against the Rockets, 18 the game before that, 15 against Portland, against Golden State had 25 points, against OKC had 17, going back even further, 16 against Indiana, and he had 11 against Utah, typically playing somewhere between 25 and 32 minutes per game. You know, Josh Richardson is a young guy. He's he's not old. He's still in his 20s. And I guess the question comes up, what should the Spurs do with him? Should the Spurs try to keep him? Or should the Spurs try to flip him for a first-round draft pick? When he first came to the team, everyone was on board saying, you flip him. You do the exact same thing that you did with Derek White. Do the exact same thing that you did with that Young. You flip. Bryn Forbes got flipped for picks. But I'm taking a look at it. You know, he's 28 years old, averages 11. I mean, he, he makes 11 million per year next year. It's, I'm taking a look at what he does and what he, what he brings to the table. 12 million, rather, is what he's owed next year. Can you imagine if this guy had consistency? This is a guy that has played for four different teams in four different years. You know, he's been all over the place. And because of that, I wonder what would happen if he had some consistency and got to learn how to play in a system with teammates that he becomes familiar with. So I reached out on Twitter and I asked the question, should the Spurs keep him or should they try to flip him because he's got one year left in the deal? And you know what? More and more people are agreeing that the Spurs should actually keep him. In fact, we have 109 people who have voted in the past hour and 75% say keep him. Pledge, what do you think? You know, that's an interesting question in terms of Richardson, but isn't he in the final year of his deal? He has one more left. He has one more left. One more left, yeah. So taking a look at where he's been, I mean, he's been all over the place. He played with Miami for for several years, Mm -hmm. then he played with Dallas, and then he played with Boston, then he played with the Spurs. So, I mean, we're talking about over the last 24 months or so, he's been on four different teams. Okay. What I would do is I would keep him on the caveat that you're working on an extension with him. If you get him signed to an extension, great. If not, you look to move him by the trade deadline. An even better question might be, who would you rather have, Josh Richardson or Lonnie Walker? Because they play the same position. Both? They play the same position, and you also have Devin Vassell out there, and you've got Joshua Primo, and there's only so many minutes that can go around at the two spot. But Lonnie Walker's been kind of playing the one on the second unit. You know what? He has been playing very well. But the thing is, is that how much is it going to cost? Because would you rather extend 
Richardson at twelve million a year, or would you rather sign an extension to Lonnie Walker for fifteen to eighteen million a year, which he might get might. out there in the open market, or you might get him for fourteen. Lots of things that you can do there, but the great thing is, is that we have shown that he has shown Richardson has shown that he has value. That was the one thing that concerned me about Thad Young was that when the Spurs had him, I'm surprised that we got a first round draft pick for him. I am surprised because we did nothing with him. He was stapled. He was taped to the bench. He wasn't going anywhere. He wasn't sniffing the court at all. Mm-hmm. And the Spurs still magically got a first-round draft pick for him. When it comes to a play, player like Josh Richardson, a high-quality team that's, that's, that's competing would want a player like that. Absolutely. Very much like Derek White was wanted by the Celtics. And the Celtics might not be as good defensively anymore because they now have injuries, so... Interesting to see what would happen with that draft pick that now comes to the Spurs. I've got a question for you, Mike. Would you rather have a first-round pick or Josh Richardson, knowing the teams that would likely want Josh Richardson are teams like the Celtics this year, like the Toronto Raptors this year? You required their first-round picks, but they're in the mid to late 20s now. Right. At that point, no. I'd rather have the extension and have them for 12 to 14 million a year. You you take a look at there's only so many minutes that are at that position or that type of player. He can shoot from the outside. He's very smart when he's out there. He has very good vision. And I'm looking at like Doug McDermott. You dangle McDermott out there and keep Richardson. If you're going to dangle one out there, have McBuckets be the one that you dangle. You know, it's similar contract. It's also somebody who I don't think McDermott fits the system in, 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 in a weird way because I think McDermott is, is is somebody that can play in any system, but for some reason in this particular system, it's the hardest one for him to, to, to conquer. It seems to me that sometimes he looks lost out there, and I think McDermott's a really good player, but for some reason, I think he needs to be... Don't we say that about everyone in the first year of the system, though? You, but you see it out there. You go to the games and... It, it, it I looks, understand it you see odd. it, but you see it from everyone who first gets into pop system. I'm also confused about what position exactly does Doug McDermott play. Well, I'm just wondering why he doesn't shoot more threes. <laughs> like that's li- <laughs> that's literally why he was brought here was to space the floor. Yet, yeah, okay. he, he was only averaging like four games. <laughs> Do something. Yeah. Meantime, Derek White was out there shooting six a game at 29 percent a clip. You're just never going to let that die, are you? He's been gone for like two months now. I know. It's just so funny because people still come at me and they're like, you were wrong. You see him? You see how good he's, he's been with the, with the Celtics. I'm like, great. He was the missing piece. He wasn't the main course. He's just an appetizer over there. You know, he's the third or fourth option. He's a very good third or fourth option. There's no way in the world he would have been a good two option in San Antonio because he proved that he couldn't do that. But he's a very good player who may very well get an NBA championship this year. Again, there's some injuries going on in Boston right now that are very, very big down low. Because of that, that might stall them a little bit. That's not the type of, of, of thing that you want going into the playoffs. Valero Texas Open is going on over at TPC. We're talking about an $8.6 million purse out there. This is a tune-up for the Masters. God, you just sound bitter even given this update. You know what? <laughs> Told my wife this morning, ah, oh, man, I'm going to come back. I'm going to be even more tan than I am now. 
You know, I'm going to be out there in the sun. I mean, that light is bright. I'm going to be out there in the sun. <laughs> I'm going to be doing my show next to the uh, driving range. Going to see all these pro golfers go by. Going to wave hi to people. And nope. Nope, 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 nope. I got that text message around 8 this morning saying, oh, by the way, you're in the studio today. <laughs> so, but Jason Minix, Joe Reinagle will be out there at 4 o'clock. The diva is here inside the studio with James Pleasure. <laughs> Still a little bit upset that we had McDonald's for lunch because so it's not sitting well. It's not sitting well. But taking a look at the leaderboard right now, <laughs> two players. You have to run to the bathroom during break? Pretty much. Two players, Russell Knox is seven under. He has finished his round at 65. Rasmus Hojegaard is also your co-leader right now. I'm, that's what I'm going with. Good old Russell, who, by the way, has only been a pro for two years. I'm taking a look at, at his bio here. Born in 2001. How old are we, dude? The leader right now, the co-leader at the Valero Texas Open, was born in 2001 and has only been a professional for two years. Amazing. Rory McIlroy and uh, uh, Ricky Fowler are both even after 16 holes. Zach Johnson is just teeing off right now. Jordan Spieth is on hole number one as well. Tony Finau is about to tee off in about five minutes. The Valero Texas Open going on at the TPC all, all weekend long. What's going on, Pledge? Rasmus Hoygaard. Wait, say it again? Hoygaard. Hoygaard. Okay, hopefully Matt Kuchar, who's in third right now, overtakes him so that I don't have to say his name again. But uh, are, are you using your phone to try to do the, the, the pronunciation? Okay, because... Rasmus Hoygaard. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at his name. It has a Z, like an O with a diagonal stripe on it. I'm like, what is that? It's Swedish, I think. Yeah, that is not uh, that is not normal English Swiss that I've seen or there. Swedish or yeah, German? I think I think it's been I think it's Finnish. Finnish. Yeah, uh, Scott Stallings is also at four under. We got about ten players at four under right now in third place. But man, Russell Knox is currently shot a sixty-five and is seven under again. This is going on over at the TPC here in San Antonio all weekend long. Good times. The uh, R and R in the morning will be there tomorrow. Halftime will be there tomorrow, and so will. The Blitz. What's his name again? Rasmus Hoshgard. Hoygaard. No. He's he's good old Rasmus. Hoygaard. He's good old Rasmus. Hey, you know, uh, it's funny because this is a tune-up for the Masters, which is next week. A tradition like no other. The Masters. That is the best naps that you can ever have, is being at home, watching the Masters, enjoying it. I mean, I enjoy watching the Masters, but man... Those naps hit you hard on Saturday and Sunday at the Masters. Moving day at the Masters means nap day at the Jimenez household. But if you're going to ask for any excitement, it's that outside chance that Tiger Woods may play out there. You know, he's kind of making his rounds. And when I say rounds, I'm talking about golf rounds. He's out there kind of playing and just checking things out. And people are asking themselves, yeah, is he going to play or not? Now, who's who's the, the, the one that we're talking about? Roy McIlroy interviewed here in San Antonio during the Valero Texas Open. He's talking about how important it is to see Tiger back out there. I mean, I think for golf and for the Masters Tournament and for everyone to have Tiger there would be phenomenal. 
I mean, I think it just adds to the event. Of course it does. Anything Tiger Woods does in the game of golf is heightened whenever he's there. I would love to see Tiger out there. Again, Tiger Woods is one of those guys, kind of like Will Smith. You know, he got torn down, but people brought him back out. People cheer for Tiger Woods now. They cheered for him for so many years. Then he messed up several times, and he got hurt, and whatever, this and the other. And now everyone's back in this corner cheering him back up. It happens to athletes like that. But uh, Tiger Woods, that'd be amazing if he's back there at the Masters. I don't care if he's in last place. It's very important to see him out there. I don't picture him out there wearing red on Sunday. But just being out there and being part of the gang would be fantastic. Hey, uh, you know, right now, I was I like anniversaries. There was a very tragic anniversary we talked about earlier today, which is the, the passing of Selena Quintanilla, which happened back in 1995. But we do have a happy anniversary here. And we're going to talk about that on the other side. It's a, it's a musical anniversary. It is a, how shall we say, uh, a nostalgic one. It's a pop culture one. And the only way that I can describe out is that it's wiggity, 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 whack. When we come back, a big anniversary in music. This is Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star. Also, we're talking Bruce Willis. What's the greatest movie he's ever been in? This is Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Join up the game plan for the second half of the day. It's halftime with Michael Jimenez on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. Classic. Woo! The Mac Santa make you. That's right. Crisscross, baby. Happy anniversary to one of the most iconic albums of the 1990s totally crossed out was uh, debuted 30 years ago today it has been 30 years i told rudy j this that it's been 30 years and he was like oh my god we are getting old but back in 1992 march 31 1992 totally crossed out was released as a as a full album and they were 13 years old when they went platinum obviously the songs jump jump was the biggest song that they had out there but they had other hits out there. Da Bomb was pretty good. What was the other one that you liked? Uh, I missed the bus. I missed the bus. You know, their album was not only huge, but it was also critically acclaimed. This is amazing. 12, 13, 12 years old when they were discovered, 13 years old when they got this released. This song will live on forever. You go to weddings, you go to school dances. Is wiggity, 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 whack. This song is, is, is iconic in the 90s. This is probably one of the 20 most iconic songs of the 90s. I, and, and not only that, the style. Having the, the jerseys on backwards, having on the jeans backwards. People would emulate that. Yeah. It was great. I emulated that. Oh, I want to see pictures of you, Pledge. I want to see pictures of you with backwards clothes, man. Make going to the bathroom really difficult. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Again, 30 years ago, Totally Crossed Out was released. Um, I have my Martha Francis Jabot jeans backwards. Mm-hmm. I was a Jabot guy myself. Never had Cavaricis, but I did have a couple of Jabots. Well, Z Cavaricis was more 80s. Had the, uh, the braided belts. Oh, I remember those. We're going to Structure and going shopping at Structure. That Absolutely. Was, that, structure was the Abercrombie of the 90s. 
It was a good time. Yeah, Abercrombie was the Abercrombie of the 90s. Well, Abercrombie became even Structure more popular in the late Express. 90s. Abercrombie became more popular to me in the late 90s as opposed to back in 1992 when Chris Cross first came out. But I remember, you know, you'd wear the jerseys backwards also. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you'd wear the hats on backwards. Right. But it was an interesting part, part in time right there because you had the Fab Five going on around that time. You had Chris Cross going on. Uh, Jermaine Dupree, by the way, was the one who uh, discovered crisscross they discovered them at the mall i believe which is mm. a, i love stories like that it's not the first or last 13 year old he discovered he also discovered little bow wow little bow wow that's right but uh it, it's it, it's kind of sad though one of the members of crisscross is or no I longer with us just bow wow yeah <laughs> one of the members of crisscross is no longer with us he passed away a few years back because uh, uh of a drug overdose but uh chris kelly was his name they're both named chris that's why they call themselves crisscross but uh because their names were chris and they were totally crossed out ah! <laughs> well all right this is halftime sports <laughs> pop culture nostalgia i'm on twitter right now at mike espn sa we have Just some right polls now? out there we have some polls out there right now and one of the polls out there involves bruce willis and if you didn't hear the the, the news we kind of announced it yesterday because as my show was ending yesterday i got the notification you know the the news alert that Bruce Willis was retiring from acting. And I was thinking to myself, why would he retire from acting? It's because he's having some severe health issues, something called aphasia. And basically it affects the way you you can talk, the way that you interact. And basically they ask, well, what causes that? And typically it's either a very bad stroke or a very bad uh, head injury. Um, So he is not in a good position, not in a good place right now. So, uh, so prayers out to him, and I hope that uh, he and his family are doing at least okay, as good as they can be. Now, I'm wondering, is Demi Moore going to slap Chris Rock now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's probably going to happen. But, you know, it, it brings up the topic about Bruce Willis, because the the fact about like his, his acting, if you will. Uh, Bruce Willis, when he first came out, I remember him from the TV show Moonlighting in the 80s, and I believe it was with Sybil Shepard, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And they were known for hating each other, but having a hit show. But years later, they kind of reconciled. And he's also known now because, you know, uh, you know, of, of Demi Moore and Demi Moore and them divorcing and Demi Moore then going with Bruce Wh- with, with Ashton Kutcher and then Ashton Kutcher leaving her for Mila Kunis. And now they all somehow get together and get along together because they have kids. And there's a lot of, uh, of uh, it's a it's a mixed family, if you will. Right, blended blended family is what that is. But I'm looking back at his at his filmography of what he's done, and he's going to go down as one of the most successful actors mm-hmm. of all time because of Friends. <laughs> yes, he actually had an Emmy nomination for Friends, right? <laughs> and also for Moonlighting. But you know, I may not have seen a lot of movies growing up, but there are a lot of movies that I did watch involving Bruce Willis. Maybe not the the second or third tier ones, but the big ones I have seen. So I asked the question on Twitter, what is the most iconic movie he's ever been in? Is it Die Hard? Yes. Pulp Fiction, Armageddon, or The Sixth Sense? And right now, with 67% of the vote, it's Die Hard. Yes. It's John McClane. It's the most... Because before the show, you asked me the most iconic role he ever played. I was like, that's easy. I put it down as movie, okay? But Be- before the show, you asked me role. Right. And when I said, I mean, he's done five Die Hard movies. 
Well, <laughs> you know, so Pulp Fiction's coming in at number two at 19%, Armageddon and The Sixth Sense both at 7%. And I think the thing about it is, is that... I bet Fifth Element would be higher than either of those. No, no. The Sixth Sense is, is a remarkable movie. They're at was, 7%. I guarantee you a movie you have not seen, Fifth Element would be higher on your poll than either of those answers. Depends on how many nerds I have who follow me on Twitter. Who, by the way, I crossed over a thousand followers yesterday. Woohoo! Yeah, and a lot of them are nerds that hate your movie taste. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think the winner has to be Die Hard, simply because he carried that movie. That is a Bruce Willis movie, and Alan Ruckman was... Uh, Alan Ruckman. What was the name of that guy who played uh, Hans on... on um, on Die Hard. I, I got to think about that one. But, you know, that's the iconic role. Uh, Hans Gruber was, is, by the way, that stole the movie for me when it comes to the uh, the first uh, Die Hard movie. Hans Gruber was fantastic. Great role that he had there. When he falls off at the end, spoiler alert, it's been 30 some odd years, when he falls off from the Nakatomi uh, uh, Plaza building. Greatest Christmas movie of all times. But, oh my God, who who played Hans Gruber? Alan Rickman, dude. Al okay, I said Alan Ruckman, but that's the guy from Ferris Bueller, if I'm not mistaken. It's Alan Rickman. I will put the chain off and put it back on. I knew it was wrong. How are you Alan so wrong on things today? Alan Ruck, I believe, is the name of the guy from uh, from Ferris Bueller. By the way, R.A.P. Alan Rickman. Yes, he died just recently, a couple years ago. Uh, but the other movies that we talked about Snape. there... When we, when we talk about the other movies out there... True. We talk about the other movies. Pulp Fiction, that is an ensemble movie. I mean, that is just as much of a John Travolta oh, as Samuel, a John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson yeah, movie. Yeah, that's okay? 100% Demi Numa Thurman. Yeah, because when I'm, when I'm quoting that movie, I am not quoting Bruce Willis. I am quoting Marcellus. I am quoting, um, you know... He's not the lead. He, nowhere near the lead. Nowhere near the lead. I mean, you know, you, you have The Wolf. I mean, you quote the wolf all day long, you know, this is a tasty burger, you know. Uh, there's so many great lines in there. The Sixth Sense, I think of the kid, right? Think of the boy. Haley Joel Osment. Haley Joel Osment ended up, I think he was nominated for an Oscar for that movie. I, I think about the, Bruce, though. Yeah, but the whole thing at the end, the, the surprise reveal at the end, which, sure. by the way, I have video of my teenage daughter, me and her watching that movie last year. She had never seen it before. She figured it out. No, she did not. And I have video of her where she, because I the, the the scenes coming out, and I'm like, you know, we're both on the couch, and I take my camera out and I pointed at her to see what her reaction would be, and she goes, "No way!" And I'm like, "Yeah, the entire time." This is the only good twist ever in an M Night Shyamalan movie. <laughs> All the rest signs, of them are just awful. From there. Signs was okay. But uh, and then you take a look at Armageddon. Armageddon is the greatest bad movie of all time. It's a great movie. It's also a bad movie. If it's possible to give that movie two grades, an A and a D at the same time. What movie are you giving? Armageddon. It is simultaneously a D and an A at the exact same time. But I go back to that movie. But all how the can time. you not almost well up as Liv Tyler's giving? Getting the speech from her dad. Yeah. You know, that's so funny. That I, I I saw a story a while back that Aerosmith, that that was the first song that they had never written. Like, they like they write all their own music. But that song, they did not write. It was Diane Warren who wrote it. And it was the only song that they ever had that went number one. 
But, you know, it, it's it's funny. I was talking about, about uh, Steven Tyler to my wife the other day because we were out and about. And you know, you go to grocery stores or you go to Target or whatnot and certain music comes on. And it used to be old music that comes on. And now the old music is the music that you listen to because now you're old. <laughs> you know, I was jamming out at security service the other day to Vanessa Carlton. <laughs> the, the, you spin me right round, baby. I'm like, damn, this is this is this is like back at bottom exchange with my friends back in the day. It was good times. So but I was telling the missus yesterday. Uh, I was like, you know, you hear certain songs and it kind of just takes you back. And. The uh, song came out, uh, Walk This Way, which was done by Run DMC. And then later on, you know, well, originally it was Aerosmith, but Run DMC kind of did their hip hop version of it all. And then they had that iconic video where, uh, where Tyler and Perry kind of break through the wall. And it was kind of the coming together of rock and hip hop. And I was telling my wife how interesting it is the career that Aerosmith has had over the years because. To me, what, the greatest rock song that I can think of, or I don't know if you consider it a hard rock song or whatnot, my favorite rock song of all time is Dream On by Aerosmith. It's a great one. I think that that is, uh, it's, it's, it, it has to be in everybody's top 10. I'm sorry, Dream On, Dream Until Your Dreams Come True, ba-dum, 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 ba-dum. Uh, great song. But rock bands are supposed to fizzle out over time. At least most of them are. But Aerosmith goes on, has a huge career in the 70s, and they tend they now is the time for them to fizzle out and go on and just be out of the public eye, right? Because they've had a long run, 15 years or so. That's that's the longevity of a lot of musicians, a lot of the good ones. But then that that run DMC thing happens where you know walk this way, and it just brought up and it had a new generation of fans. And I remember in the 90s, Sweet Emotion was re-released in around 94. And then all of a sudden, Liv Tyler became a thing. And he had the crazy video. And he had all of these these these, these ballads. And then, it, then they crushed it in 98 with uh, Don't Want to Miss a Thing. And I look at it, and I'm like, man, that is a 35-year run by a rock band where they were having hits both on the rock charts and the pop charts. Steven Tyler, Aerosmith, I don't think they get the love or the respect that that they would normal that other bands get but arguably i would say that aerosmith and probably metallica and nirvana are probably the three greatest american rock bands of all time did i nail it i think nirvana slash you can put foo fighters in that list too because they came out obviously shortly after nirvana passed and you think about the run that they've had since that which would have been mid 90s when Foo Fighters came out, mm -hmm. and you come out with Monkey Wrench and you, you blow through to the Pretender, and yeah. all of a sudden, Sky is a Neighborhood dropped while we were in quarantine. Like, they have been killing it for 25 years now. My favorite Foo song is called Hey Johnny Park. Yes, that is a great song. I think it's on the uh, Color and the Shape album, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. uh, Color and the Shape album means a lot to me because I was at Texas State at the time. It was SWT uh, back South then. West Texas Southwest State. Texas State University. SWTSU. Uh, when I was over there, that was a big. That was big, and I remember going to the the um, like the indie rock station that they had over there, 
and uh, Color in the Shape was oftentimes played back then. But just think about how long that they've been going at it now. I mean, you mentioned how long both Metallica and Metallica props to them because they've been going since the 80s. Right. Strong. But and Aerosmith, but think about Foo Fighters, like literally. I mean, soon twenty five years. As soon as Kurt Cobain passes, yeah, you have Dave Grohl and Nova Selleck and and Pat, they, Pat they Smear form it, and all going. of a sudden, it is almost been thirty years now, and Foo Fighters is still dropping hits. Now, originally, you had three members of. Nirvana go over. You had two of the, you had Chris Novoselic, you had Dave Grohl, and then you had Pap Smear, who was their touring guitarist, mm-hmm. uh, kind of do with it. And then I think right now it's just Smear and and Grohl. Grohl. And then you had Taylor Hawkins, who passed away uh, last week. Um, you know, going back to these greatest rock bands of all time, I mean, the Eagles are probably on that list as well. I thought Pearl they were Jam. a country band, I was told. Yeah, you know, and, and it's they were part of the Urban Cowboy soundtrack, so that <laughs> very well may be true. But uh, I, I love talking music. And one of my favorite posts that someone had on YouTube or Facebook Live last week was somebody who said, how can Michael talk so poetically about music and know so much about music, but know nothing, nothing about, about movies? <laughs> To be fair, you have seen one of my favorite movies of all time, Varsity Blues. Yes, and I, I, I can quote Varsity Blues, but I'm not allowed, apparently. It's funny, because I tell people that they can veto certain movies, but it can only be two or three. Spurs Twitter has said that I cannot do a review of Transformers 1986. Yeah, more. And you and Rob say that I cannot do Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I want you to, but I'm afraid you're going to hate it. And I can't risk that. I gave the water boy an A minus. I said it was a it was a stupid one of the dumbest movies I've ever seen. It's an A minus, but uh, we're gonna put a bow this on the show dumber. on the other side. Update also the Valero Texas Open. This is halftime on San Antonio Sports Star ESPN AM twelve fifty and one zero three three FM. This is Joe Reinagle on your home for everything that matters in sports. San Antonio Sports Star ESPN twelve fifty and one zero three three FM. Very nice. Speaking of Joe Reinagle and Jason Minnick, they will be out at the Valero Texas Open for the Blitz from 4 to 7. Tomorrow, all three shows, R&R in the morning, allegedly halftime, and the Blitz will be at the Valero Texas Open. Yeah, I thought so. Then I got that 8 a.m. text saying, just go to the studio. Got to have some McNuggets with you. (laughs) So Pledge is still laughing. Can you try... To sound less salty when you talk about <laughs> what's went the Blitz being out at the Valero Texas I, Open. I am the diva of the studio of the station, but uh, yeah. So you were, you were showing me during the commercial break a scene from Monty Python and the Holy Grail, and I was laughing not so much at what was on your t- your your phone. I was laughing at you laughing at it, but it reminded me of like the movie Top Secret with Val Kilmer. Mm-hmm. Love that movie. And I know that Monty Python came out first, but I'm a big fan of stupid comedies, right? So I love Airplane. I mean, I love Airplane. I was a fan of the uh, Kentucky Fried movie. I'm going to get you, sucker. All the Naked Guns. Amazing. Yes. Okay, I can watch them over and over again. Three Amigos. I can watch so many times in a row. Monty Python. I don't know, man. I don't it, think you, this is why I don't think you sh- you can watch it. So that's why that's on the no-fly list right there, That the, the veto list, which is Monty Python 
and Transformers 1986. People actually thought that I was going to like Big Trouble in Little China. Come on, man. Good movies, man. So you can reach out to us on Twitter at MikeESPNSA. We learned a lot today. We learned that when it comes to those who follow this show, that the number one Bruce Willis movie out there is Die Hard. Again, he's retiring from acting, severe health issues. We learned that you haven't seen The Fifth Element. We learned that. We also learned that Spurs fans are falling in love with Josh Richardson and wouldn't mind seeing him come back as opposed to flipping him for a first-round draft pick. We also learned that Todd Bowles is African-American and that Jimenez <laughs> is sometimes an idiot. <laughs> At the Valera- and we learned that Alan Rickman is not Alan Ruckman. <laughs> Alan Ruck, yeah. <laughs> You know, I was at my kid's uh, daddy-daughter dance at my daughter's school the other day, and there was a family there where the son was dressed as Ferris Bueller, the mom was as Sloan, nice. and the dad was as Cam Cameron. It was fantastic. He was wearing the uh, the hockey jersey with the khakis, and she, nice. had, she had the ruffled white jacket with the white boots, and he had the full-on display. Taking a look at the uh, Texas Open, our man Rasmus Hashegard. The 20-some-odd-year-old, yes, the, uh, I believe he is uh, 21 years old. He is the current leader right now, 8 under through 15. If you were betting on him in Vegas like I did, just kidding, he was going off at 65-1 to 1 odds. Russell Knox is in the clubhouse right now in second place. He shot 7 under 65 today. He was 50-1 to 1 coming in to this tournament. Matt Kuchar is third right now, 5 under. He's in the clubhouse as well. Roy McElroy is uh, even. He finished around at even. Jordan Spieth finished around even as well. Uh, actually, Jordan Spieth right now is actually uh, two holes in. He's at even. Tony Finnell just finished his first hole. He is also at even. It's going to be a fun time out there. And people are telling me The Fifth Element is a great movie. I don't know if it's old enough for it to be a nostalgic movie review. It very much is. But it's I will 90s. check it out. Jason and Joe will be at the Valero Texas Open for the Blitz at 4. This is Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250.